0: This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello and welcome or welcome back to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford, and I'm so excited about bringing you a friend of mine and someone that I truly, truly admire, Becky Blades. I wanted to offer you the advice and very creative teachings of Becky today. Not only has she founded and sold an award-winning communications firm, she's basically run from the boardroom to the homeroom. She's an artist herself, and she's an inspiring and highly creative author of two books. Now, the first one was Do Your Laundry or You'll Die Alone, (laughs) subtitle being Advice Your Mom Would Give If She Thought You Were Listening. She not only wrote and illustrated that book, it was named a Best Book of 2014 and one of the top 100 indie releases by Kirkus Reviews. And it received the prestigious Kirkus starred review and was an Amazon bestseller for six consecutive years. That is a long time. Now she's written another wonderfully illustrated book. Again, her own drawings and illustrations entitled Start More Than You Can Finish. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I wanted it to be a real fresher-upper for those of you who are wilting in this heat of the summer or, if you're in another hemisphere, fending off one more winter storm. Her point in this book is that we can get so afraid of failing, we don't start. And starting is so important. In fact, she advocates being a startist. And this book also has high praise. It's been named a must-read by the Next Big Idea Club, which, by the way, the members of that club are Malcolm Gladwell, Adam Grant, Susan Kane, and Daniel Pink. Not bad company. And they call it one of the most essential nonfiction books of the year. It is truly inspiring. She calls herself a bad cook, a hopeful gardener, a passionate tree hugger, and a licensed private pilot. And I'm delighted not only to have her on self-work, but I'm lucky enough, like I said, to call her a friend. Before we hear Becky's interview, let's hear from Better Help. So many people start or go back to therapy when their kids are starting school, and that's not too long from now. So everyone's starting something new. I'd recommend calling very early for a therapist in your locale. But with Better Help, you don't have to worry about that. They're ready to see you when you're ready to be seen. I recently heard a fascinating reframe for the idea of asking for help. Maybe you view asking for help as something someone does who's falling apart or who isn't strong. So consider this. What if asking for help means that you won't let anything get in your way of solving an issue, finding out an answer, or discovering a better direction? Asking for help is much more about your determination to recognize what needs your attention or what is getting in your way of having the life you want. Better help. The number one online therapy provider makes reaching out about as easy as it can get. Within 48 hours, you'll have a professional licensed therapist with whom you can text, email, or talk with to guide you. And you're not having to comb through therapist websites or drive to appointments. It's convenient, inexpensive, and readily available. Now you can find a therapist that fits your needs with BetterHelp. And if you use the code or link betterhelp.com selfwork, you get 10% off your first month of sessions. So just do it. You'll be glad you did. That link again is betterhelp.com slash selfwork to get 10% off your first month of services. And now I'm delighted, absolutely delighted, to introduce you, if you don't already know her, to Becky Blades. I was trying to remember when you and I met. Was it at a Midlife Bloggers?
1: It was at, at BlogHer in San right. Jose. That's right. And,
0: That's right.
1: And it was my first one. Do you, did you go to a lot of those?
0: No, I think I went to two. I went to the one there. I went to one in Chicago, I think. And then I went to that one. I didn't go to any more.
1: And um, who invited me were... Married, uh, Mary Dale Harrington and Mary Dale Harrington and Lisa Heffernan and I had just put out that first book and I you know gosh I'm I'm you know everybody <laughs> I met there was so nice and I just have still loved maintaining those relationships.
0: Listen, I was so glad that I took the time to read all of your book because. I just laughed, and I smiled, and I teared up a couple of times, and you had me from the very beginning. Your artwork is just incredible. A line is that's a dot nice. that wasn't af- – this is what you say. A line is a dot that wasn't afraid to get started. I mean, that's like oh,
1: – <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. And a dot can be a splatter. I mean, dots don't need to be neat, perfect little dots. They can be <laughs> little cuddles.
0: I didn't remember that until – then I refreshed my memory and I wrote it that you're also you're an author, but you're an, an artist and you're you're you really love combining those things. And can you why don't you tell self work listeners a little bit about you?
1: Okay. Yeah. I had a career in public relations which came out of a degree in journalism. And so I've always liked writing. I didn't like being poor. So um journalism wasn't you know, the job that I wanted out, out of school. I grew up poor, so I I chose to find a way to make money. And in the agency business, the journalism, um, public relations, agency business, there were a lot of opportunities for creativity. So I started my own firm in um, when I was 30, Wow! and ran that for 13 years. And then when I kind of parenting was at a at a pitch that mm-hmm. I wanted to be home and in in my creative space at home more too, sold the business and started building what uh what we now call a portfolio lifestyle. So I had the business oh, um, like that
0: name I've never office. Heard
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 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 then I had the I had an art studio and I remembered to kind of jump over to this book when I uh, one time my Soon after I sold the business, my daughters were talking. They came home from school, and they wanted an identity for me because, you know, kids talk. Yeah, what does your mom do? So my youngest said, Mom, what are you? Are you an artist? Are you a business person? And I said, honey, why did those labels matter? And her sister from the other room said, she's a startist <laughs> because I was starting some other businesses and... um you know they got confused by how I dress uh different days um, so so during that time i I went through my first and second midlife crises first that empty nest crisis that you know and have been such a great expert on. My first book was uh do your laundry or you'll die alone and that was the subject line of the email I sent my daughter of all these journal entries with advice that I was kind of afraid to give her in person. So after she left for college, I sent it all to her. And, and then, you know, after that, I'm, I, I don't mind saying I'm 64 now. And those, these past 10 years of being kind of all, you know, almost the entire time empty nested um, has given me the chance to really see how uh, what I love and what I who I love spending time with, and I've realized it's, it's people like you who, when they think they want to do a podcast, they'll just haul off and start it, or people yeah. have ideas and act on them. So, you know, And the,
0: the name of this book is Start More Than You Can Finish, and, and I so agreed with it. I, one of the things that I say to patients all the time is it doesn't matter where you go, it's that you go
1: exactly
0: just exactly. go just make a choice just go, just go. and I, I was just humming along with your book thinking
1: <laughs> I agree <laughs> that is good. and it's been fun to think about the mental health aspects of course you know to to make the case for something that seems as contrarian as this notion of start more than you can finish you know kind of in defiance of what our parents may have said um but the mental health aspects of creativity, we're learning more and more, as you know, about how creativity makes us flourish and thrive, and and the um, and then we have other things we can talk about: anxiety, depression. Uh, as I studied the neuroscience of it, I I decided, you know, I discovered hidden uh, benefits that. I didn't know I'd been partaking in.
0: Wow. What are those?
1: Well, starting with self-discovery, self-esteem, getting out of anxiety and depression. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a story that I haven't, it didn't make it in the book and I haven't told many people because it seems like kind of a downer and we wanted the book to be upbeat But uh, part of my catalyst for writing the book was I was taking art lessons to domestic violence shelters. I did this for a few years. I, I didn't call it art therapy. Now they did because Mm -hmm. all art is therapy, but I'm not a, I'm not a licensed therapist Mm -hmm. or an art therapist. But what I discovered in my time with those amazing women is that uh, The thing that that spectrum of creativity, I used to think it was started with, oh, I'm not creative and ended with, oh, I can start anything on a dime. Well, the spectrum really starts way over in a place where we feel totally powerless, totally um, devoid of even knowing what we like, what gives us joy, what our idea of beauty is and our inability to make a decision. So this book is about starting, it's taking that first step. Like you said, it's not where you go, it's that you go. And the example is, in the very first class, these women, all of them, could not even make that first initial decision, I I would kind of lay out a little project, very simple. I had all these enticing art supplies. But they literally needed my permission to choose a color. Like, what well, should I start with purple? Yes, purple would be a great place to start. But they had lost I mean, they had literally had mm-hmm. the creativity beaten out of them. Because creativity is it's trusting our own ideas and owning them, and then also having the the courage to experiment, and say, okay, you know, what if purple doesn't work? Well, when we're terrified, when we're traumatized, when we're stuck, I don't think we have the courage to know that the stakes aren't that high. You know, if I choose color, if I choose purple, and I don't like it. I can paint over it. Sure. Or, um, of course. or as I said, I'll give That's you another piece of paper.
0: <laughs> That's a great point. It's that um, shutting down of of uh, risk of any, even, even how, what, even no matter how tiny the risk or seemingly tiny. It's not seemingly, it's not tiny to them. It's like, oh. Right. I'm going to make a choice and it's going to be out here for other people to see and yeah it's uh, right
1: but you know they I may not know you know I think when we're beaten down we don't know what the risks are there's this free floating sense of I'm taking a chance I'm doing something I haven't didn't do yesterday so what might happen because you know life doesn't treat us rationally and for those women who had been you know abused they they had been abused for much less things than making a wrong color decision. Nice. So the healing. Um, so to, you know, get back to your first big question was the, the ancillary benefits um, of acting on our ideas and following that creative process are things we don't even know we need. I think, and and I could really see it dramatically with those those women who, and this was another really fun thing, is that they came out of that so fast, so joyfully, just a few weeks, you know, just you just give that affirmation that, yeah, purple would be great. And that looks great. And you know what, this other color might work too. And then they start with the self with their own self talk. And I mean, they just those those stays in those shelters aren't that long, so I only got to see them for a short period of time. But it was it was fast and miraculous.
0: That's incredible. You know, I got my start in this business by volunteering at a domestic uh, shelter.
1: Oh, so and, um, you got it
0: so much, so 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 much. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to quote you again. It's not that finishing isn't vital and great, but not finishing is not failure. And yes. I I love that because, um, you know how many times have I heard the phrase "Well, that didn't work out." Like mm. that says something bad about me. I mean, you asked in the book to to make a list of. You know the things we've started and didn't finish, and two. I mean, my first two marriages came to mind. immediately. <laughs> I finished them, but not <laughs> not in, not in and, the way that I thought I was going to. And and the, I mean, I carried those around with such shame for so long
1: mm-hmm.
0: that that wasn't okay. And uh, and it's not ideal, perhaps, but it. You know, I learned something along the way, and then. But I I love the fact that in the book you also take time to say all right stop reading or you know whatever and and let's pl- apply this let's what can you do? what can mm-hmm. you do with with your and you have four stages you imagine think decide and act um which you know i i think when people a lot of people hear the word just imagine just imagine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that feels like real shaky ground to just imagine
1: Hmm. do you think? Mm-hmm. And if we imagine, uh, and some people are really good at that part, but mm-hmm. some people that is the toughest part because they imagine very small. They only imagine with the reality that they can touch and hold right then. Um, some people are great imagining and they imagine backwards. You know, they only pull from what they've already been able to do. Uh, so what what I do with those four steps was research, and find out how to do them better to to start better and start more. So imagining, it really comes down to imagining more and bigger. Um the the more we noodle and think about how things might be a future reality, which we're all gonna have. You know, we're gonna have a future anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why not imagine it in all the in its all its glorious colors and possibilities.
0: You know, I'm I'm thinking about your work on dreams with Stardusts. I love that. Book. That that's a great word. You 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 should thank your daughter, um, <laughs> because it says to write down your dreams. But then you very quickly said, "But I don't have enough something. I don't have mm. enough mm-hmm. time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough talent. I don't have whatever it is that you convince yourself to to stop dreaming."
1: Exactly. It's it's the The answer to the question, the answer to the question, why haven't you started that thing? And I asked actual people, art students of mine, very creative people, after they told me something they wanted to do, I asked them why they hadn't started. And the answer was always, I don't have enough blank. They they would word the answer many different ways. It could be confidence. Like, I don't think I can do it. You don't have enough confidence. Right. enough permission enough uh validation you know space and permission could be just from your family to think that you could take the time away for yourself mm-hmm. to do that i call that enough permission um you know and and obviously money and time are the big ones sure but we do have enough to start those things that was the big learning i think the big aha in the research was Uh, if you've started anything like you probably didn't know that you'd be doing a podcast for this long. P.S. I can I've decided I can never do a podcast. I so respect (laughs) the ability to all the skills that come into this. But when you started your first one, um, a startist only thinks thinks mostly about how I will start it, how I will do the first step. Yeah. And that is the healthy way. If you think you're finished, if your finish was to get it produced and get it picked up by a big syndicate, you would not think you had enough of whatever
0: to in do. Fact, that. I was determined to do at least eight podcasts because I was told in my class that that was the average number of podcasts that people do before they finish. Before they really? Eight. eight? Wow. Eight. And so when I got to nine, I thought.
1: <laughs> see there you go and what if you hadn't known those numbers that's fascinating mm. yeah yeah
0: so i am um, i just the support you give in the book and the humor and the asking people to look at themselves i um you know you you sort of break down these four parts the imagine think decide and act and you um you said thinking brings ideas to life, not overthinking. What do you mean by that?
1: Not overthinking. Well, you may be familiar with, you know, all the research that mm-hmm. says that when we that we are programmed. How would you state it? That we are we are engineered for security as as species. We're engineered for survival. So there's an, a natural um, avoidance to risk, which is healthy. Mm hmm. So if we let ourselves to think, think too long, so we go to that imagining place and we're very successful and imagine something wonderful, then the next step is we think about it. We think about how that future state looks into reality. How would we do it? Where would we start? How long will it take? Who do I need to, you know, kind of warn about this? Sure. In the, it is that process where we talk ourselves out of it and we really do a number on ourselves and the more perfectionistic a person is the better or worse they they do that part so uh, you know i say imagine more think less because the truth is that even if you plan if your thinking involves this elaborate detailed plan the minute you start something, that plan changes. I, I wrote reality, that. Reality, circled it. <laughs> reality it. is a big old truth pill, and we cannot we cannot predict it.
0: Mm-mm. No, we cannot. So, like so, I have that in red, circled in red. <laughs> Plans change as soon as you start, and you also. Talked. There was a section that I, I maybe because of my theater experience, but you talked about oh. how there are tenets of improv, improvisation that are really important for stardists. Mm-hmm. And I, I've done a little bit of improvisation, and it is it's not easy because <laughs> one of these things that you brought up, you you know, you have to just say yes and yes and. It's a rule of agreement. And then yeah. you show, don't tell, there are no mistakes, and you stay in the moment. Like you said, it, it's like somebody can just start, an audience member will say, okay, we're going to talk about diaries and cowboys. Yeah. And so somebody has to start something about a diary and a cowboy and – it may not make any sense it's like you have no idea where they're going but you 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 say something and you bring along and then oh and then there was a there was another cowboy but he had a black horse but he wanted a white. I mean it's just it's it's yeah and Then the story evolves and so it's I I loved that um maybe I don't know is it an analogy a metaphor that this yeah creation is like improv
1: and you know the best I heard in my interviews with those people is, it's about what we do, but mostly it's about what we do with what we did. So that first step, again, the stakes are reduced, you just got to do something, it's throwing the mud on the wall. It's on an improv stage, there are like five actors, somebody has to say the first thing, Mm -hmm. that takes courage, but Really, the hardest job is the person that says the second thing. Sure. They have some, or maybe it's the easiest because then you have something to respond to. So we need to give ourselves something to respond to, to really flesh out our ideas. Mm. And I mean, I also learned that all kind of comedy really works like that, because, you know, finding out what makes other people laugh is an exploration you think oh this might make me laugh but you don't know because you're hearing it on in your own head so (laughs) exactly my husband's taken to doing open mic nights and
0: that's brave that
1: that is brave um it's also brave to be in the audience of those because it's it's usually uh young men who (laughs) don't who uh have, have lost their mothers laughing at them. So they're, you know, they don't know what's funny, but they're willing to at, at late night, uh, climb on a stage and tell jokes in poor taste. But what happens <laughs> is that's how, that's how comedies worked out. And even the, even the best joke writers, you know, go on stage over and over again before Test they will now. go lifetime. Time. Yeah. And tweak this and try that and shorten this. And, and that's, You know, that is the creative process. It's iterative. It's exploratory. It's curiosity. And I mean, I think mental health wise, I too believe when you, when you, when I am mentally healthy, I am my most curious. Exactly. When we're shut down, we're, we're not curious.
0: Also an external energy. It's, it's going energy from internal Mm. traveling externally when you're curious Mm. Uh, because you are either, whether it's, how you make a good glass of iced tea. I'm sitting here looking at my iced tea or whether it's, um, gosh, I, you know, I'm interested in what those green books are behind her. You know, it's, it's, you are, you're engaging with something. Maybe it's an idea or a person or a thing that's not, but you are, you, your focus is outward. Um,
1: yeah, I never thought of that that way. Hmm? That's, that makes sense. Which is
0: a antidote to depression for sure. Hmm. And in many ways, anxiety, because you have to be in the moment. You have to be, whereas anxiety puts you into the future. Um, hmm. So um, tell me what you learned about yourself in in writing this book.
1: Oh, gosh. I learned that um, the very beginning of the research was learning that all of my unfinished business, and I'm doing air quotes visually here, um was were treasures, and that when I you know, we rarely let ourselves dig back into the things that didn't go forward, you know, even things I didn't consider failures or unfinished, I just forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw the link to how they made me who I am, and the big finishes in my life, the big finishes always had some roots and some unfinished business from, I found my college art supplies as when you're, when you write and make art, you have all these records back there. Now you may not have in other types of curiosity and other types of creativity, like gardening or cooking, you may forget those things you tried. And um, so I think what I learned is I need to uh, memorialize and celebrate my starts more and i do now the the rationale for this book was to um to help other people that don't act on their ideas and make those people more fun companions <laughs> in a way <laughs> and i had and one of the things i found is after i sold my business People were saying to me, like, "Well, what are you? What have you? What are you doing now? What have you finished lately?" They didn't use those words, but I could hear that people thought I had a lot of plates spinning. I do have a lot of plates spinning. Um, that's something I'm good at. I'm good at starting things, and you know, maybe I could be the world expert because I have enough, <laughs> all those failures, and now they're documented. Um, I do probably have ADD. Uh, There are maybe not the... Just about to ask you
0: about that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. um, But I no longer... I do not let people shame me about things that I started that are in a pause button. Mm -hmm. You know, because when we... Like the, the big lovely lesson or gift I hope this book gives people is that there is every benefit and very low price to to trying something and setting it aside for another day, for trying it and finding out, hey, I don't really like that. I have a couple of big things I could have Not totally what I thought it would be or whatever. <laughs> or I scratch that itch and yeah. I'm good. And oh, what a just a, it's just a glorious way to live. And that's how I want to live the rest of my life. And I want to do it with people who feel the same way and are not, and, and, you know, that feed off of me and I feed off of them. So after my first book, you you may have experienced this too. Um, people will come to you who have the same kind of dreams. Maybe they want to start a practice, start a podcast, start a book. And they'll say, you know, I have, I saw your book. I, I, you know, I think I could write a book like that. And so I would say, Oh gosh, you should, you know, advice is personal. Everybody could write an advice book. And about one in 10, and and this bears out in other research, about one in 10 people will actually act on an idea that's even fully formulated. Mm. And and I would try to help them. And, and you could just see that they dis, the others that were not going to act on it, they had taken it as far as they wanted to go. And there was not a whole lot you could do for them. So that's what I want to change. They they you know is that mindset that says um I can't start it unless I have made room in my life mm-hmm. to be an author. I can't start a book unless I've made room in my life to add a writing practice, find a publisher, whatever they think writing a book oh, is. Yeah. And you yeah. know
0: mm-hmm. So um, it's funny. I I had lunch with someone that was interested in the TEDx process and was asking me about it. And she's starting to write a book and and, she wants to. And she was asking me all about that. And this is a very uh, uh, I I feel like I'm having the same conversation (laughs) twice this morning or this Uh afternoon. Because she is kind of at that place of, well, I don't know how I'm going to make room for it. I want to do it. And I have had this idea for a long time. But and I looked at her and I said, you know, start this afternoon. You know, make Did you yes. good for I, you. I said, if you've got 10 minutes, just take 10 minutes. Exactly. Just start jotting down some ideas and you don't have to. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, you you don't have to corral the time or say, okay, I'm gonna have gonna do this in on. It, it's like if you just put some consistent energy into it, it it's gonna grow. It's just a, it's just exactly. watering the idea every now and then, so that it it has it can sustain you with time away from it. But you also, when you get back to it, you go, oh, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And exactly, it, it's 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 kind of refreshing. It's it's like um, uh, having a starting a conversation and realizing the more you have it, the more you really value it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that it's adding something. So,
1: mm-hmm. um, it's like it's such sort of the Zeigarnik effect, uh, which I, I wrote I about that, a little. Yes,
0: I had never heard of that.
1: And it's just that, it's just what you said. Once you make it real, once you tell your brain, we're going to do this, or I have a problem, if if we accept it and don't say like those nine out of 10 people said, I'm probably not going to do this. If you're one of the ones that said, okay, I'm writing a book, uh, whatever you declare as starting, um, maybe that's writing your first two sentences, our brain tells us, our brain gets the message that they're on the job. And subconsciously, we are homing devices to pieces of information to problem solving help to meeting people, you know, you meet somebody and you think, Oh, like, did they just say something about a book? Are they an author? You know, we're we're we wonder, we think there's new information coming out, we're just zeroed into it. Sure. And that we, you know, that happens all the time in our lives, and that effect, um, it's also responsible for the thing that happens after we're done with something, uh, like we're done studying for a test. We take the test; it's over, and all that information just dumps out. It, yeah, it just goes away. <laughs> well, consider the opposite of that true for something that we've started and we haven't finished. So, if you if you take that t- smallest first step declare it started, the world gives us a bling bag full of gifts. And that's that's really why I say that the more we start, the better. And the, even if we start things that are very short-term and finish them, start a limerick, start a, a soup, yeah. things that we <laughs> – but declare that um, muscle in ourselves that says – you know, just like it was your instinct to say, "Start this afternoon." Very few people would say that, but it's that instinct that gets our ideas out and flowing.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I just, I really felt very supported, um, and I, I think if you're interested in this and you, you want to get Becky's book, it is, it is, it is, an, it's not, it's not a hard read at all. What is, what is compelling about it to me is that it does go against so much of what many of us are taught that mm. you know you don't want to start something and not finish it because, you know, that means that you're wasting time or you're wasting energy. Mm. Shame yourself for that. And, and rather than saying, well, what did I learn when I started that? Um, I learned this. And so when I start the next thing, I may start it a little differently or I may. I don't know. I mean, it just gives you information. One of the things that um, I, I have people say to me all the time when they're trying to make changes, they'll say, "Well, this isn't really a big deal."
1: But I go, "Wait, wait, wait. Yes, it is. Mm. It's a big deal." Yeah, <laughs> what you're yeah. just about to say is a big deal. Yeah, um, and, and you know, a clarification on the finish. Start more than you can finish. What and you, because you brought up di- divorces. In that example of something that wasn't finished or could have been called failure, mm-hmm. because what's the finish? Um, what what I'd like to say it doesn't make a very pithy title, but start more than you can finish, just exactly as you plan to. Everything has a finish, but
0: great point.
1: What, we don't start because we don't think we can finish as planned. If somebody said you're going to have eight years with a person who you love for six of them and you learn all these things for each other, from each other. Um, You know, maybe you can make that decision to not start because you didn't like that finish, but that's not how things work. And relationships are very creative undertakings. So in many ways a relationship is a very good example of a courageous, creative start. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's not, it's not don't finish. Finishing is always the end game. We wouldn't, you know, you don't start something you don't want to finish, but it, it's, just a, it's just trying to tr- trick that because I think when our parents said, don't start more than you can finish, don't bite off more than you could chew, they did not make us finish more. They only made us start less. Right. They just didn't want a mess left out.
0: <laughs> right, right. Wow. I wonder how you think this affects the newer the younger generations this don't start because they you know one of the things that I read a lot about and then I have a 28 year old so I'm somewhat in touch with what's mm. hopefully in touch with what's in his world is that they have not, there's been so much comparison with what other people have started around the world where I knew maybe somebody in Little Rock, you know, in <laughs> Arkansas, and I was in Palm Bluff and, oh, well, and, you know, I, I didn't know what somebody was doing in Bangkok or, or Toronto uh-huh. or California. I knew my little group of friends and that was it. And And yet, so maybe some of this don't start, Anxiety is also about what am I, you know, how do I compare what I'm starting to what somebody else is starting or Mm -hmm. whatever?
1: The biggest learning I had about that in this generation, and remember, this was, this book was pretty much done when COVID hit. And the data then on business starts, particularly by young people, was on a 25-year decline really and the research showed that that really came from how we're raising our kids we no longer say yes joey you can have a lemonade stand i don't have time to help you but go for it no, now we are, we are over parenting, we are trying to get kids in the in the right schools. So my kids didn't do a lemonade stand after they were four, because they were on club soccer teams, because or the debate team, because maybe they could get a scholarship it was a, we have a very structured, instead of free range childhoods, right? So how do you you know, it just is a subliminal message. Um, that there's not time for your ideas because you have to follow society's mm-hmm.
0: schedule. Mm-hmm.
1: That's my hunch. And I think it's tragic. So, but they're now there have to, and, and then COVID necessitated this boom in business starts because a business start is also, you know, your son starting a freelance business because he has to and COVID now you know it it remains to be seen whether those starts will be sustained or whether they were just out of necessity but that is a good that, that is a reason for this rally cry is that our kids are going to need to start whole careers for themselves i mm-hmm. mean we know things aren't going back the way they were so that statistic energy and confidence needs to be nurtured and they've they've got to reduce their risks uh, of trying something, not liking it, and then You're trying something on else. Your face. I mean, you know, it's just, oh, well, this didn't work out quite the way I yeah. thought. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then,
0: again, start something else. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I love your book. Again, it's called um, Start More Than You Can Finish, a creative permission slip to unleash your best ideas. The art is absolutely delightful in it. I'm, oh, I'm so adds to the enjoyment and pleasure of the book. You know, I told you that I couldn't, I, I didn't want to interview you ne- last week because I had not had a chance to actually read all of it. And I was so glad that I took the time. I am too. I just had this real excitement about it, and I and I hope uh, self work listeners will check it out and uh, and see what it holds for you. And Becky, I couldn't uh, thank you more for being on self work. Thank you so very much.
1: It was so fun to reconnect. Thank you, Doctor Margaret.
0: You betcha. I know you enjoyed that interview. Isn't Becky absolutely fantastic? I want to remind you that we now have episode transcripts at the end of every episode of Self Work. I don't know why I haven't done that in the past. It's really been far easier to do it than I imagined. And so I apologize in many ways to those of you who may struggle with hearing like I do because I have tinnitus. And if I can find a way to add in other episode transcripts, I will. But at least for now, each episode of self work has its own episode transcript. I also want to remind those of you who maybe haven't subscribed to my website at drmarketrutherford.com. You can get a free ebook called the seven commandments of good therapy. But most importantly, you get one weekly newsletter from me, just one. And it offers to you both my weekly blog post, which some of you may be interested in reading. I write one still every week, or sometimes we revamp an old one to bring it up to speed and make it applicable to today. And then, of course, this podcast and any other news or information that I think you might be interested in. Love to have you join. You can subscribe at the website. So now the subscription or the subscribe now is basically embedded when you scroll through the website. It's much easier than it was, and I hope far less irritating, but I'd love to have you as a member of my newsletter. Thank you to those of you who've listened to my TEDx talk. As I record this, we are right at 63,000 views, and wow, that's incredible. So keep them coming if you can. If you haven't watched, I'd so appreciate you going to YouTube, Dr. Margaret Rutherford and TEDx, and you'll get the talk. Or you can go to my Instagram page and you'll see it in the links. That's Instagram.com slash Dr. Margaret Rutherford. Thanks so much for being here again. My immense gratitude to you, and I hope this and every episode is helpful to you. Please take care of yourself, your family, and your community. I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been Self Work.